Hi, honey. My name is Travis. I'm a psychic medium, and this is Psychic Happy Hour, a podcast designed to help you along your spiritual journey while having a few laughs along the way. Join me and some of my special guests as we dive into various topics around life and what lies beyond. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Psychic Happy Hour. I am absolutely thrilled for today's guest. They are someone who has been just a part of my journey and they've impacted my life in ways that just, you know, I I can't even express the deep gratitude that their work has, has added to my life and have been a part of my journey. And so to have this conversation today is just such a, such an honor. I have with us author, poet, and now tarot card deck creator, Amanda Lovelace here with us today. Amanda, welcome to Psychic Happy Hour. Hi, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited. I've been following you on TikTok forever. So this is really exciting for me. This is just so exciting for me. My, I was first introduced to you through your book of poetry called The Princess Saves Herself in this one. And I remember where I was, I was in a Barnes and Noble And I had just gone through like this, like really icky breakup. And I was so sad. And your book was just on this, you know, on this shelf. And I was like, oh, poetry you might like. And I'd never really been like a big um, poetry guy. I love it. I just, I've never sought out poetry books. And, you know, it's a pretty, it's, uh, you know, the, the book cover is very my style. It's black and white, very kind of minimal and I loved it and I was like let me just pick this up and I'm such a sucker for how pages of books feel I know that's like so weird no I was like oh I like how they but then I opened it up and the poem that I opened up to is this one I have it bookmarked so I wanted to read it um was he did not teach me how to love myself but he was the bridge that helped me get here And it was like that moment in a Barnes and Noble, I think I had this like spiritual experience of like just deep gratitude for what I had been through. And so this book has been a part of my journey. uh, Many, many nights crying on the living room floor for sure, but also in some really happy moments. So I just want to say thank you for your work and what you put out into the world. No, thank you. I'm so glad it could resonate with you. It's funny how like one poem can like draw a person to a book. And I love that it was that one. That was a sweet one. Have you had those moments where you just, you know, you found a book or you found a poem or you found a song and it was like, oh my gosh, this just changed my life. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a song, You Can Dance or something. Hold on. I'm going to get the title of the song. It's funny because... It was actually because I was in a session with a medium friend Mm -hmm. and we were talking about my mom Mm -hmm. and she kept talking about this song and I was like, I've never heard of it before. Um, sorry. I can never remember song titles. Um, I can't either. Oh my gosh, girl. This <laughs> Sometimes it's like the best, like I'll remember something someone said three years ago, word for word. And then it's like, where are my car keys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's called, I hope you can dance by mm. Leanne Womack. I believe yeah. is her name. Like I had never heard it before, but my friend, uh, her name's Susan. She said that it was a song that I, sh- I should listen to because like my, it's like very, 
similar to the energy my mom was giving me. So I did. And like, I listen to it all the time now. And it makes me think of my mom, even though she wasn't alive when I heard it. Mm -hmm. Um, It just like really changed my perspective on like living in the moment and not taking anything for granted and all of that. I don't know if you've heard it before. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's actually, I remember that song. I'll have to give it a listen because I haven't listened to it in a long time. What was the moment for you? I always like to know people in their journeys and where they kind of decided like, yes, this is my purpose. When did you know that writing was your path or a, a major part of your path? I always liked to read, but I didn't really know that I was a writer until maybe around the age of 10 or 11. You know, I grew up in a house where I felt like my feelings were ignored it, it was very unstable and music was something that always like gave me a coping mechanism. It gave me some kind of catharsis. I loved like Lincoln Park and Evanescence and even just like if I was at school and I couldn't listen to music, mm-hmm. I would start writing down the lyrics and that would be enough for me to be like, okay, I feel better now. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that morphed into me like writing my own lyrics which I didn't realize at the time was actually poetry. (laughs) So like I would post it online and this was before like social media as we know it now, it would be on like forums. There was a poetry website back then. I don't know if it still exists and I would post it there. And for years it would be like on and off, I would be writing, but I would always come back to it. And eventually I had a Tumblr blog, which was actually a book blog um but I did occasionally post my writings there and my followers were so nice and they were like when are you gonna like write a book when are you gonna put it into a book and then I read the book Milk and Honey by Rupi Kaur Mm. along with a few other like modern poetry books and I'm like I knew that I was posting that kind of style of writing online but I didn't know that like people put it into a book so I'm like you know what I think this is my sign to like finally do it I was actually, I was in Barnes and Noble. I came across Milk and Honey. <laughs> and I feel like that was a moment that changed everything. Yeah. It's it's so, like, your work, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, the way that you, I'm always fascinated by, you know, we have so many letters and we have so many words in our language, right? And I'm always fascinated by how people can just piece them in such a way that, maybe we don't need so many words, but we use the ones in just the, the a great order to where it just hits you right in the heart. And I feel like that's what your work does. It's succinct. Oh, it's thank the you. Point, and you just, it's so funny. I just, I'm sitting on my couch reading. So I have, you know, your, I have a couple of, of your other books and um, one of my other favorites is um, uh, you are your own fairy tale. And like, I'm, you know, I'm reading this book and I'm like, and I'm reading this beautiful poetry and I'm like, how did she assemble these words? Like, like it's like <laughs> almost like, like an Ikea know. puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were writing The Princess Saves Herself in this one, what was going on in your life? What was like some of the lessons or themes that were happening that were like, I'm going to pour this out? Because you read these poems you're like damn (laughs) yeah (laughs) um (laughs) so I was around I want to say 23 maybe going on 24 when I wrote it and a large chunk of the book was actually written about like my childhood and then my teen years 
there was a little bit like moving up to the present, but most of it was in the past. And in my actual life, I feel like I was in a really good space. Okay. I had done a lot of healing, a lot of coping. You've read the book, so you know there was a lot going on like during my childhood and my teen years. Um, and I feel like I really needed that space and that sort of perspective and that healing to actually go back and write about it. I don't think I could have written that book if I was 15 or even like 20. Like I really, really needed that space. Um, so yeah. So more so from the place of reflection. Yeah, of course. I'm deep in this. Yeah, some of the poems had actually been written like in the time period where I like ordered them in the book. Mm-hmm. But I had done like editing and things like that. And most of it was actually new work. But again, I don't think like teen Amanda could not have written that book. I very much needed like a maturing character development. Yeah. When did you know that you were like, okay, I am ready to release this into the world? Because it's very personal. So I did have people, not just like on my Tumblr blog, who were like, we want this book. There were people in my life who really supported me too, some of which I met through Tumblr. And ironically, I think it was people who did not believe in me (laughs) that made me want to publish my book. Um, Like I remember getting messages and being told like, no one wants to read about your life. Like what could you have possibly have been through? And I'm like, you know what? Like (laughs) I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) just because you said that, I am going to go and I'm going to self-publish it. And I did. I self-published my first book. And that's like kind of what started everything Mm -hmm. from self-publishing it. It was really successful. And I never like um, anticipated that. A publisher actually ended up reaching out to me and then they published all of my work since then. So I guess I can thank that one person who did not believe in me. <laughs> How, so that's kind of a, it's interesting that you're bringing this up because I, I don't believe that anything is a coincidence. And I think yeah, that everything either. is, no, not, not one bit. <laughs> I know too much and see too much, but <laughs> some, something that I've been kind of encountering is as you know social media grows is those people who will kind of leave the icky comments and for the most part they roll off I mean I'm like ah whatever delete block right but I'm still a human and sometimes I still carry that with me right what what were some of your initial reactions when you had people that reached out and were saying kind of nasty things to you like how did that feel and how did you really how did you alchemize that into (laughs) creating power behind your work I feel like it almost drove me forward more than ever before it's like again I'm a Scorpio so it's very (laughs) much like oh yeah you don't want to see me do this well I'm gonna do it even more (laughs) um and I do think like I'm a human being it does hurt at first but I feel like especially in that moment of like having finished writing this book, which I'd never finished writing a book from beginning to end before. Um, Like, and like my work is already about like the empowerment, not just of women, but of anyone who like has a dream and wants to follow it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to take my own advice at that point and be like, okay, like prove them wrong, but at the same time, do it for yourself because this is a Mm. story that you want to have out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. Because I think a lot of people will get, you know, kind of the, 
not so nice or icky. I call them icky comments. Um, they are. They're very icky. <laughs> they're super icky. And I think that like a lot of people get those comments and then give up or just let their dream kind of die because somebody threw their icky opinion out there. No, you should never give up. I actually, I have a poem in Princess about like writing your story, no matter how ugly it is. Mm-hmm. And by extension, like no matter how other people react to it. Like I have a poem about how, like, if you don't want poems written about you, then maybe be a better person. (laughs) Like, don't hold back. Like your story is, telling your story is not just for you. If anything, when it's out there, it becomes everyone else's. And I never had any idea that my story was going to reach that many people, let alone mean so much to people. Like I had no idea my story would even reach you. Like I had no idea. Like, it's always worth it, even if it's just to express yourself. Like, that's the most important part. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I I really love what you said about sharing your story and then it becomes other people's story. Yeah. Because it's true. I'm sitting here reading The Princess Saves Herself in this one. And I'm like on my couch and I'm like, this is me. I know that like <laughs> this was not necessarily written specifically for me. But like, and there's a lot of themes in your, you know, in your books that are very specific to women and and you talk about some things that are specific to women that I, I'm just so grateful that you do because it brings awareness even for me just as a as a even though I'm a gay man I'm a cisgendered man and there are certain things I'm just not going to understand about what it's like to be female and so reading some of these things has I put in perspective for me like oh shit this is what like women have to go through are you are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I actually there's... get surprised because yeah. every once in a while I get like an amazing email or message from someone who tells me that they're a man and they're like, I read this book, whether it's Princess or Witch or whatever other book, because a lot of my works are very like female empowerment, female story. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I not only understand what you wrote about or like you brought to light things like I, I didn't get, but now I understand but I relate to it too. And I'm like, that really shows like how amazing books and words can really be. Like we don't have to completely relate to each other to relate to each other. There's always something for you in someone else's work, no matter what. Yeah. It's so true. And in some of those themes, just like the person I reached out and said, there were some themes, even though I'm not a, I'm not a female and I'm looking, or I'm not a woman. I look at these works. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've, I, while I haven't been in that situation, I've been in situations where my voice wasn't heard or I wasn't seen or I was devalued because of just simply existing and who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I think there's just so much power in in what you write and what you create and how you in turn bring that out into the world. And you are your own fairy tale is my very close second favorite to. Um, oh, thank you. Um, I remember an exchange that we had and I, I have to tell you, I screenshotted this exchange and I sent it to like, I think everyone in my phone. And I don't know if you remember, but when we had first connected, so, um, I didn't realize, and this is how great social media is. I'm, you know, I'm a Amanda Lovelace fangirl. And then I, <laughs> I and then I, I'm on Instagram this year and I just see like Lady Bookmat, who is Amanda Lovelace's um, Instagram handle has followed you. And I was like, what and then I like (laughs) and then I do like the I'm just gonna slide in the DMs like I'm just gonna say hi and then I did and then and then you had shared that you'd been following me on TikTok and 
Um, and then you had said just the kindest thing. You're like, your voice or your tone reminds me of the fairy godmother character. Oh, yeah. and you are your own fairy tale. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, like that touched me so much because I love that character in that book so much. So to even like have like a sliver of resonance of of me in that for you is just like, I was literally like sending it to everyone on my phone and my people my friends are like- <laughs> My friends are like, okay, calm down. It's all right. <laughs> it's true though. You have this like otherworldly, but grounded. And like, no matter what the video is about, like what the person's going through, like you always bring like a piece of hope, like a sparkle of hope into it. Mm. And I think that's why we all love your videos. I I thank you so much. We can we can talk about this all day um <laughs> i'm just teasing so, okay so now you've got so now you've got the cozy witch tarot deck so you had you did an oracle deck beautiful and now we stepped into the tarot deck and i have it in front of me and i first of all i just want to say i love this deck so much because it's so inclusive like there's so many different body sizes and colors and shape that just all of that but you also put the you have these really beautiful interpretations of the cards and there's one card in particular that I saw that like stopped me and I'd never thought of it this way and it's the ten of swords card and one of my uh, most dreaded cards when I get it. <laughs> uh, honey, you and me both. I'm like, oh, you know what? We're going to reshuffle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the definition you put for this card in the Ten of Swords, and it's probably my most favorite definition I've ever heard, is hurt people hurt people and hurt witches hurt witches. And I need to know, like, so when you're sitting down and you're interpreting these cards or these meanings what was like your interpretation of that card or what was the thought process there? What, how did you kind of come to that? Cause I'm like, yes, that's what this card means. Like, but I couldn't, you know, it just, it feels right to me. How did you get there? You want to know what's funny first when I, I pull a card for everything whenever like I'm doing things in life. So I pulled a card about our session here today on the okay. podcast and that was the card that I got was the Ten of Swords. <laughs> I was like, wait, I've seen that recently. And it was for this. That's so funny. <laughs> but with all of the meanings, pretty much, my idea going into the deck was not only did I want to make the meanings like understandable and accessible, mm -hmm. you know, especially with like my minimalistic writing style that I have. I like to think that I write about things in a way that people can understand, but I also wanted to make them not just more relatable, but also because it's cozy witch tarot, mm -hmm. I wanted to do almost like a, like I wanted to soften the meanings, but I also still wanted them to be accurate. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the ones that I came up with where I'm like, it's still giving you the reality of the card, mm -hmm. but it is also how I see it like hurt witches hurt witches or you have this witch who um has a curse bottle in her hand and it's supposed to be that she was sent it by someone that she was really close with and that's definitely something that I can relate to like you're not expecting to be betrayed by someone and it doesn't make it better but to think that they did it because they were hurt I feel like it's just the reality of a lot of those situations 
Yeah. I love this deck so much. It's quickly become one of my favorites. And actually I have a friend who, so um, she's going to love this. Her name is Elizabeth. And she will send me, um, if anyone's familiar with that, Marco Polo. It's like a walkie-talkie FaceTime kind of thing. And she'll occasionally just do like a card pull for some people. And I'm one of those lucky people who gets like a little card pull from her like once a week. And she pulled from your deck for me last week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having a conversation with Amanda and I'm so excited. <laughs> and she like freaked out and was so excited. And she was like, no way. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's so funny because like this, this deck and the meanings they've made me think of and I love tarot but they've made me think of some of the meanings in just completely different ways do you have a card in the tarot deck that's like your absolute favorite typical like author thing but I feel like it changes all the time just like mm -hmm. with my own favorite book mm -hmm. of mine that I've written I actually I made a tiktok today actually saying what my favorite card was um, and right now, at least, it is the Queen of Wands. Ooh. It's um, a woman. She's dancing around in, like, a cute red dress. She's putting on red lipstick. And she has a cat, like, at her legs. There's a lot of cats in this deck. But there's a cat at her legs. It's a black, fluffy cat. And that is actually based on my, chi my childhood cat. Her name was Sissy. And I put her in that card as, like, a way to, like, memorialize her. And it's just a card that like, I feel like I've been coming back to more and more, especially with, I just celebrated Samhain. So I'm like thinking a lot about like um, my own dead. And so that card keeps coming up for me as my favorite. So I love this kind of expansion from the poetry that you've been, that you've created into now oracle decks and then the tarot deck and then just do it and, and even following your content and social media doing more kind of like hey I'm a witch and here's some things that I love right was there a moment of for you of like should I come out of the broom closet proverbially speaking should I <laughs> not like was there ever any hesitation there with coming out of that proverbial broom closet I think what made it easy for me was, so I wrote Princess, and at that time, I didn't, like, officially identify as a witch or anything, mm -hmm. but I was definitely doing witchy things, mm -hmm. and then I wrote my book, The Witch Doesn't Burn in this one, and even though that book was not about, like, quote-unquote real witches, it was more of, like, a storyline I created with witches, with magical fire powers, which I wish they were real, but they're not, <laughs> I feel like that Publishing that book was sort of a turning point for me because it was very easily from here are these fantastical witches where there's some crossover with real witchy stuff to mm -hmm. actually like I'm a witch, like I do tarot, I do coffee mm -hmm. magic, like I feel like I sort of accidentally <laughs> made it easy for myself to do that and yeah. it sort of just never stopped from that point on. I love that so much and um, I'm curious about coffee magic tell me more so actually um I have my first witch witchcraft book coming out I know they can't see it but I'll show you um yeah make your own magic magic yep and I talk about this a little bit in the intro but coffee magic was sort of like the first thing that I did because I was like I don't know if I was scared or just lacking confidence but coffee magic just seemed to be like 
a very simple way to include magic in my day. I'm already drinking coffee, so I might as well, right? I might as well put certain like cinnamon or nutmeg or um, stir it clockwise or counterclockwise. And then I just started doing that. And that was sort of like the the thing that led into me doing like, I guess, regular spells, like sit down at your altar kind of spells. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I did like, I mentioned it in that book. Um, about doing that and I actually have directions on how to do like a coffee spell towards the end of the book to sort of like wrap it all together but yeah uh, even when I am going through periods where I'm not casting a lot of spells or like I'm going through magical ruts like I always make time to like do a little coffee spell like whisper an intention into it stir it a certain way seal it with like a pentacle or something so me and coffee magic go way back I love that so much and I'm going to have to integrate that into my practice because this is new for me. And when, when do we get our hands on your new book, Make Your Own? It comes out on March 5th. Oh, so, so kind of soon. I, like just a few months, which is yeah. it's like so wild. Like I can't believe that like Yule is almost here and then the end of the year is here. And then it's like, you know, 2024, here we go. <laughs> yeah I actually I have five releases coming out next year which I've never done that many releases in one year um so it's make your own magic and then there's two things that are sort of derivative of this book that are coming out okay one is a journal that is like almost kind of like a summarized version of this book but a space for you to make like a book of shadows so it's like they work together but also apart um then a kid's version of make your own magic which I'm really excited about um, it'll be my first kid's book. It's for like uh, middle grade, 10 to 12 year olds. Okay. And then I'm trying to remember because there's so many. <laughs> I have actually have a coloring book coming out based on Cozy Witch Tarot. Okay. And then another poetry collection. Finally, it's been a little bit since I've put out a poetry collection. Well, all of our uh, shopping carts will, will be full with your <laughs> next year. How far in advance do you plan your releases? I feel like most of them, I at least like have an idea of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are more spur of the moment. Like with Make Your Own Magic, I actually like didn't know if I would actually be able to write it. Mm -hmm. So like after I did the Cozy Witch Tarot Deck Guidebook, it sort of inspired me to be like, you know, I can write a beginner's witchcraft book, I think, like after writing that. So I sat down and I was like, okay, if I can write the first chapter, then I'll tell my literary agent and we'll go from there. So I did that uh, and I sent it off and she was like, this is great. And then that sort of became a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't actually know if that was going to happen. And a lot of it starts out as like, okay, I have this idea, but can I make it happen? And I have to sort of move past the self-limiting stuff. Mm -hmm. and like actually get to it um but sometimes with publishing the schedules are really long so it's like even if it's a spur of the moment idea um you won't read it for like another year maybe two <laughs> got it that makes sense you mentioned something just now that kind of like sparked a thought and it is the self-limiting stuff when you're getting ready to start a project or something that you're really passionate about in your world, how do you work through some of that so that way you can put out the work? 
my first thought was that sometimes when I'm feeling that way, mm-hmm. um, I'll actually go through my old work to like sort of remind myself and be like, look, you did this. You wrote a book before. Mm. You've written many books before. So it sort of was a way to remind myself, but also in some ways, like it'll inspire me. Like there's actually something in um, the Cozy Witch Tarot deck, which I didn't realize it until recently, but there's like a spread in there that actually ended up inspiring the deck that I'm working on now. And it's all sort of like overlapping with itself. (laughs) So yeah, that's usually what I do. That's incredible. And do you find that when you're putting out new work, does it feel like the first time or do we feel like there's like a little bit more confidence every time something comes out? I feel like there's usually that confidence because I've sort of built it up over the years, Mm -hmm. but there are some projects that come out and I feel like it feels like, like a new moon, like a new cycle, Mm -hmm. like a new chapter in my life. And it's happened a few times where it was like princess, obviously, because that launched everything. And I felt that way again with my Oracle deck because it sort of launched a part of my career and my life where I was becoming more like witchy centric and I was working on more witchy projects. And I'm feeling that way again with Make Your Own Magic, my witchcraft book, where it just feels like my life is being cut into chapters and they're like starting and everything in between still matters. But it's like there's a weight that I feel with certain projects. Yeah, that's beautiful. And your partner also writes poetry, yes? Yeah, she has a few poetry collections out. She sort of has like a complicated publishing history because two of them were unpublished, like it's out of stock. And then she went and took those poems and turned it into a self-published book that she now sells. And um, she's working on something new as well. We've been writing like poetry together for years, like physically like at the same table in the same house yeah it's really cool to have um a partner who also writes what's that like if you're I'm just trying to get like a mental image of like two poets sitting together they've got their (laughs) coffee and they're writing like what is is it is it like what is that like is it calm is it like is there some emotion that happens like what is that energy like sitting there I think it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because we're both just very creative people. And it's cool to like have someone to sit down with. And you're both writing your own respective things. And you can like bounce things off of each other. You could be like, does this sound like shit? Like, there's just, there's so many doors to open there. And it's really cool. That's incredible. Amanda, this conversation has just been, I will cherish this for a very long time, much like uh, my copy of The Princess Saves Herself in this one. Are there any final words that you would like to leave with our listeners today before we wrap up our episode? Yeah, so I think one part of this conversation that really stuck out to me was like people having the confidence to follow their dreams, especially in the face of like, not just internet trolls but people in your life who are maybe not supportive um whether that's like they're silent and they don't support you loudly or they outright just say like you can't do xyz or you're not good enough to do xyz and i just want everyone to know that you need to write your story whether that is literal like you're like me or you're a writer or you're a painter 
or you're just like getting on social media and giving fairy godmother like advice um you need to write your story regardless of other people Amanda this has been so brilliant and you are welcome back at psychic happy hour anytime I thank you from just the bottom of my heart for your time today thank you this was really cool and awesome and so are you the feeling is very mutual, my friend. And thank you so much for listening. As always, I love you. I'm incredibly proud of you. And I will see you at the next episode of Psychic Happy Hour.